Welcome to Risky Business, a show where we get to explore new and innovative ways to understand and reduce risk by bringing together some of the leading professionals in the transportation and the insurance industry. My name is Scott Grandis. I hope you enjoyed the show. Let's kick it off. Well, welcome back to Risky Business. This is my, uh, well, I say this all the time. This is my absolute favorite time and the favorite thing that I do out of all the things that I touch in my day because it allows me to get creative with folks and look at risk differently and think about things that maybe traditionally aren't thought about specifically in the commercial wheel space, although we go outside that every once in a while. And today is no different. So today, you know what, Mark, I'm going to call you riding with Mark. Um, All right. So we have Mark. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting Mark in one of my Uber rides in Cleveland. And we're going to dive into it today as to why he is on today, because he's very unique, very different. And I think something that should be thought about as a model when it comes to risk, uh, specifically in that that Uber type space. So, Mark, why don't you uh, give us a little background? Tell us who you are. Tell us what you do. Tell us anything you want us to know about you. All right. I'm Mark LeClaire and um, I drive for Uber and Lyft. And uh, as of the beginning of this year, I also uh, run an independent ride service, but I do some unusual things. I, I drive mostly at night. I cater to the party crowd. So I'm doing karaoke and trivia and some fun like contests and interactions with my passengers. Uh, and I share those interactions, a lot of them on a YouTube channel called Riding with Mark, which I just filmed from the car. And so uh, trying to build a reputation in Cleveland for being the best ride in town. And that's really, that's my slogan. And that's really my goal is just to do everything with excellence to make a big impression. And when people uh, like you enter my car, say, wow, I've never been in a ride like this. This is something different. And so kind of, that's what I do. Well, it worked. It worked that <laughs> it's, like you got, you got my attention. I sent your information on to some other folks as I, I made you aware of, uh, you know, I've been in, I don't even know how many Uber rides and Lyft rides in my in my life, and yours is the one that stood out. So I really, awesome. I really love what you're doing, and the reason I love it. This is the main reason I love it because your passion for what you're doing comes through, right? And I think as we talk about risk a little bit here, we'll talk about your insurance and stuff at the end because I think there's a gap there. But anyways, I think when people are passionate about what they do, they pay more attention, and when they pay more attention to the details, there's safer drivers. And that all boils back down to risk. And there's a couple of things I want to ask you about on the podcast today, because I think it's things that the industry needs to to think about. But before we get into that, cameras in the back, yeah. I could see it over your shoulder. You got a camera in the back of the car. Right. So that's right. That's right. And I think you got a microphone back there too, right? Uh, yeah. I, I usually use like a zoom mic to get decent stereo audio. And then I've got three camera, a dash system. It's not professional cameras. It's a dash cam, but it, you know, it's, it captures, uh, what I need to do for now. So how did you come up with this? How did you come up with entertaining folks while they're riding? Cause I think it's amazing. Well, this, this is going to take a couple minutes to explain, but it's kind of an evolution. Um, five years ago, I started, uh, doing this as a side gig at night. Um, uh, my graphic design business, I'm a freelance graphic designer and, uh, that was pretty slow. I said, you know what? I could go out at night. I can drive for Uber and Lyft and make some extra money. I kind of attribute to my father, my work ethic. He was a builder, a carpenter, and my brother and I, when we were working for him, you know, usually it was an admonishment. He would just say, never do anything half-assed. Like 
if you're going to do something, do it right. Take the time to, you know, make it excellent. Under his breath was sort of the assumed as unto the Lord, you know, uh, as if out of the service to the one who gave you the ability to do it. And, uh, and I've carried that into my entire working life. So it doesn't matter whether I was flipping burgers or McDonald's or managing a department in a marketing agency. It was, you know, how can I do this with excellence? So when I started driving for Uber and Lyft, I'm like, okay, I want five stars. I want good reviews. I want to be getting good tips. <laughs> you know, I want to make good money doing this. And so, you know, the first day driving on a hot summer day, somebody asked me, Hey, do you have uh, water bottles? And I got wind of the fact that some drivers were providing, you know, bottles of water. I'm like, Oh, well, I'm going to get a cooler and I'm going to put water and soft drinks. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to just provide water, but do you have a phone charger? Yeah. Let me get a triple charger that has all three types to make sure anybody can charge whatever phone they have. You know, can you change the music? Yeah. Like I got Apple music. Let's put on anything you want to listen to, you know, let's turn it, crank it up, you know, and, and let's sing along, you know, let's have some fun. And uh, so doing things like that. And eventually it was like, Oh, you know, we're singing along with this music. What if we had the lyrics? What if I could put an uh, iPad on the dash and, and have karaoke software and we could have the lyrics up there and be, be even better, you know, get a microphone, you know, that I, I would ask people, Hey, you want to do karaoke? You know, people, some loved it. Some people aren't into that. You know, a lot of people don't, don't sing. So, Oh, what if I got like a trivia game and we do some trivia together, you know? So it just became how to entertain my passengers and make an impact. And at one point I was listening I was watching YouTube and I saw a video and I was thinking along these lines, how do I, how am I the best ride in town? How can I really make an impression? And I saw a video of some, uh, Southwest airlines, flight attendants Without doing a comedy routine for the safety instructions. And I thought, man, that that's taking something really out of the box, like a, a normal, boring part of the ride and making it into something people want to film and tell their friends about, and then, you know, and, and they'll, they'll remember it for years. And so I, I wrote a rap song. I wrote this rap that tells people about my ride and all the features and amenities that I had available. And I performed it for people and I, I captured video of people responding to it. And I kind of launched my YouTube channel with that video, but, um, of me rapping, but it made a big impression. It real people just, and that was when I started, you know, more and more, I started getting people say, Hey, I've been in hundreds of Ubers. I've never been in a ride like this. This is something yeah. else. And that was my goal to make that kind of impression. And so it kind of just evolved from there, the YouTube channel, the podcast that I do, I'm writing a book, you know, just trying to, trying to share my experiences and, and, uh, keep having fun with it and we'll see where it goes. That's awesome. It's funny as, as, as I met you when we were in the car, um, there was another thing and you just hit on it that struck me, um, which is another reason why I just wanted to keep talking to you is because I'm at a stage in my life, in my career where. Um, I just want to teach, right? Like I want to teach people what I know, what I've learned, what I continue to learn, uh, because I think it's important. And I think that the more that you teach things that can make a change, the better off it is. I love that. I love that. And you know what? There's, there's great reward there's great from me, um, in teaching, especially when you see people pick it up and, and, and do the right thing. With it. So that's, that's awesome. So, all right. So. You, you started, and by the way, I'm I'm gonna have marketing try and figure out how to get these videos in there because I love the vid I love your rap video. It's amazing. <laughs> but all right, so you made the transition. You are in a Tesla, which is a beautiful car, a black car. So you do black car service, and you made the transition to um, offering services on your route separate from Uber and Lyft. Talk to me a little bit about that. What'd you have to go through to get that all set up? 
because I know there's a right and a wrong way and you did it the right way. Well, you know, I've had a lot of conversations uh, at the airport lot with, with other Uber and Lyft drivers. We talk all the time about this stuff and I have kind of reputation for being a by the book kind of guy. Like I'm trying to do everything the right way. And a lot of these guys laugh at me, scoff at me. Like you don't need to do all that. Like nobody's enforcing this stuff, you know, or whatever. But just starting with the basics, driving my Honda, you know, I bought a Honda a hybrid to do Uber and Lyft once I decided I was going to do it at least part time. And the risks involved, like the, I went to go buy and I'm trying to finance it through Honda, but I told them, Hey, I'm buying this in my company name. I'm, I'm going to do Uber and Lyft. And they said, Oh, Honda won't finance you. You can't get a personal loan for a car that's going to be driven commercially. So you got to go to Ally and you got to get a commercial loan. You're going to have to pay a higher interest rate and whatever, you know? And so I, I went that route, finding out how the insurance worked. And there's only certain companies, uh, progressive, one of them that offer a ride share rider on a personal policy that allows you to do Uber and Lyft legally properly, you know, and there's a lot of drivers. They, they get a personal loan. They've got personal insurance, Uber and Lyft. All they care about is proof of insurance, but these insurance companies can deny a claim if you get in an accident and they find out you're driving the vehicle commercially and they say, oh no, that's, we don't cover that. This is personal use only. I've heard of at least one lender repossessing someone's vehicle because they found out they were driving it commercially and said, no, your loan says you could only use this for personal use, no non-commercial use. So these drivers every day are putting themselves at risk of loss just by signing up for Uber and not doing it the right things. And nobody at Uber or Lyft is going in and enforcing, do you have a rideshare rider on your policy? They don't care. Uh, you know, and, and they definitely don't want to dig into is your, is your car owned or do you have a, a personal loan? Uh, they don't want to know, you know, but uh, there is some risk there. When I took, uh, at the beginning of this year, the step to say, okay, I need to be able to do premium rides and I need to be able to do private rides. Now here again, a lot of drivers, Uber and Lyft drivers, they do private rides for cash. Oh, look, here's my car. Just call me next time you need a ride. They're not licensed and insured. They're not registered with the state. They're not charging sales tax. Uh, they're operating absolutely illegally. And as far as their insurance is concerned, if they get in a serious accident, their passengers are injured, they're operating off platform. They could lose everything. They could be sued for absolutely everything. And their insurance company could throw their hands up and say, nope, sorry, you know, that's not us. Um, the state could actually fine or jail them. Say you were operating a limousine service without a license. You know what I mean? Oh, by the way, how long have you been doing this and you haven't paid sales tax? You know, so there's so much risk there uh, just for a basic Uber and Lyft driver, especially if they're trying to do private rides. Um, so when I t wanted to get into driving full time and get the Tesla and do my own private ride service, I started finding out well, what's necessary. And it took me two months to figure that out. You know, I started calling my insurance agent. I, I need to get a commercial policy that covers this. Oh, we don't handle that. You know, put you in touch with the progressive, uh, you know, commercial branch. And I talked to them and they're like, well, we handle like big limousine companies and stuff that have multi-million dollar policies and fleets of vehicles, but we don't know what to do with a single vehicle operator who just wants to drive people around. You know, I had to go through half a dozen insurance companies and get quotes all over the map for policies that didn't really even seem to apply to me, you know, finally landed on a policy that I could afford and that gave me the coverage I needed. 
Then Uber says, oh, we want this certificate of public utility and convenience from the state of Ohio. What's that? You know, and I Google it and it says, oh, if you operate like a public utility, like, you know, water service or electric or something, you need this. I'm like, that doesn't even make sense, but it applies to rideshare and driving. So, you know, so, okay, how do I get the certificate? Oh, you got to get a US DOT number. Why? You know, it says I'm exempt from that because I'm a single operator, less than 12 passengers. Like, I don't need a USD. The US Department of Transportation says I don't need this number. But Ohio says if you want to get this certificate, you need a DOT number. So I had to get that. Uh, then I start getting calls from, you know, companies wanting all this compliance and insurance and all this regulation stuff about trucking companies. They think I'm an interstate trucking company now because I have this number, you know. Uh, I get the certificate and I said, oh, you applied for the certificate, but to get it, we need electronic verification from your commercial insurance policy that says you have the insurance. And the company was dragging their feet. It took a month to get them to indicate to the state that I have. So, you know, finally get this certificate in place, find out I'm already operating. I'm already giving rides and, pay, and charging money. And it's, oh, you got to charge sales tax for this service. And so, okay, let me get a vendor's license. You know, how do I, how do I start charging sales tax? Who do I pay it to? You know, oh, you got to file it online monthly. All right. So, you know, I find out you can't just charge the sales tax rate for your county where your business or your home is located. You have to charge the rate for where each ride initiates. So now I have to report all these different, you know, complicated. It, it was a lot to figure out. And, um, as I'm talking to fellow drivers who do Uber black, who have their private ride services, I'm finding out so many of them, they either just have ride share insurance. They don't have a proper commercial policy. They may or may not have a livery license from the state. They don't have, they're not charging sales tax. They don't have a vendor's license. They're, they're putting themselves at all kinds of financial risk by doing this and not even, and most of them had no idea the stuff I was talking about, but I've just done the research and tried to figure it out. And I had a number of them would say, oh, you just, you know, I've been doing this for five years. I never needed any of that. You just, you just overkill. You just like to spend money and time doing a bunch of extra stuff that you don't need to do, you know? And, uh, but some of them started coming around. They're like, you know what? Uh, I looked into that. I can get that certificate. It doesn't cost very much, you know? Oh, how did, how did you do the sales tax thing again? You know, and I start trying to educate people. Uh, and help people, at least that are friends that I've kind of gotten to know. But some of these people get into this business kind of the back door like I did and um, really have no idea what they need to do. And Uber and Lyft aren't there educating people very well about it. No, so. it's, you know what, listen, I, I've seen that I've been in transportation for, oh my God, I hate to say this, about 26 years. And I've seen it all. You know, I've, I've seen it in the delivery business, final mile, trucking, um, you know, it's it's nuts. And when you started talking about a little bit there, the struggles to get the insurance coverage and trying to find the right partner to get you the right coverage, that's where I think there's a gap in the market. And I promise you, I'm going to continue to run this one down uh, because I think there should be a place for operators like yourself who take this seriously. You run it as a business. I remember even when I was texting you, you know, to get a ride the next day, you're like, yeah, it's X amount of dollars plus tax, right? Like, And I was like, I have never, I've had other Uber drivers give me their card. And then I'm like, can I pay my credit card? Absolutely, you can't. What's the first thing you did? You hand me a, a chase machine, put my card in. It's outlining the taxes, everything. Like that is, 
I'm telling you, you have no idea how much that struck me because I saw a business person. I saw somebody sitting there saying, I'm taking this seriously. This is a risk to me. You just said risk. I don't even, I'm going to have them go back and count how many times you said it, which is good <laughs> because you, but, right. you're understanding it. Like, and I think that there's a gap in the market for something like what you're doing and where, you know, who knows next you may say, Hey, I'm going to get an employee. I'm going to get another Tesla and I'm going to let them run around too. You know what I mean? And you know, who knows? You could be riding with Mark Tesla's experience and you got a whole <laughs> company of the whole fleet of Teslas and you're collecting all kinds of footage from the car for these, these fun things going on. So, but anyways, I, I, I love it. So I, I'm glad that you told that story because that's the message that I want to get across to the folks that I know and hopefully the folks that are listening, which is should always be targeting people that are passionate about their business that are taking the extra steps and going the extra mile. Yeah, and honestly, to, uh, for those that are listening that are in this industry and you're trying to appeal to customers like me that are trying to get, you know, a commercial policy and, and need to, the right coverages, I searched and searched on Google trying to find coverage for black car service, coverage for Uber, you know, black, things like that. And there was just a few places on the web where I found a dedicated web page that had information about this is what you need and you know seemed to be like oh this company seems to have a product or something targeted towards my market uh let me call them and in several cases once i actually got on the phone with a representative they had no clue about any of that somebody had put up a web page targeting me as a customer but their representatives had no idea how to sell a policy to a business like mine Progressive quoted me, I think, $10,000 a year for a policy. And then I ended up finding Forge. I ended up going with Forge at half that cost. And the only difference in coverage was Progressive was giving me a um, gap insurance, which is pretty important when you depreciate a vehicle as fast as I am. But I figured, you know, for half the money, I could just pay extra on my car note every month <laughs> rather than yeah. give it to the insurance company and I won't have gap insurance, you know? Yeah, you're covering um, in the gap for the payment. <laughs> <laughs> so. Love it. Anyway, it took a while. Like I said, it took a long time to find a reasonable policy that was tailored to the coverage I needed. Yeah. Well, we're going to see what we can do about that. So, all right. So now I got to get another question. And this has to do with risk too. So you got a Tesla now. So we, I've had podcasts about uh, electronic vehicles, self-driving vehicles, and safety features that are built into those vehicles. So tell me a little bit about your experience between the Honda and the Tesla and the safety features that are built into the Tesla. Is it true? Is it not true? Does it help? Doesn't it help? What helps? What doesn't help? So, you know, Honda's really good. They... All of their safety features, the radar and LIDAR, the adaptive cruise, the lane keeping, the uh, collision warnings, the automatic braking and collision avoidance system, they don't just put that on higher end vehicles. They put it on every vehicle in their line at every level. I think it's important. I think every automaker should do that. If you have a feature that substantially improves driver and passenger safety, that should become a standard feature and part of your overhead in building the vehicle, it shouldn't be something that just premium buyers would enjoy. And I like Honda's approach to that. Having said that, the Tesla with the basic level of autopilot that you get um, is really not that dissimilar from what Honda offered. It has 
adaptive cruise with lane keeping and it has automatic braking and collision avoidance. I think the system is a little more reliable with Tesla's vision-based system of detecting its environment versus just the radar. And in inclement weather, the Honda, as soon as it would start to snow and slush or whatever, that radar thing would get covered and it would just disable all your safety features because uh, it, it just was blinded. Tesla, not so much. But I did uh, get a loaner a couple weeks ago when my mine was in the shop briefly and they gave me a model three with full self-driving beta enabled and i was able to put in my destination and have the car fully navigate me from a to b and i feel like it is a dramatic improvement in safety it's effectively another set of eyes watching everything around you and adjusting and adapting to threats in a way that is unmatched in any other vehicle I've ever seen. Uh, it's obviously in the beta form, you have to keep your hands on the wheel, your eyes on the road. It will actually use the in-cabin camera that's built into the Tesla and facial recognition to detect if your eyes are not on the road, it will alert you and say, please watch the road. So they want to make sure while this system is still in development and it can't be a hundred percent that the driver is paying attention and backing up the autopilot. But there were very few times where I had to intervene. And frankly, it's amazing how human-like the driving experience is and it just gets better and better all the time. So yeah, Tesla is unmatched in this capacity. There's no one in the industry that can do what they do as far as self-driving and, uh, there's Waymo and others that they have all these sensors and radar and LIDAR and all this crazy stuff, but, but they're limited to self-driving in very, very specific roads, not on the highway, only in places where they're approved and, and everything's been mapped out very, very thoroughly and they still screw up. Um, yeah. Tesla's trying to build a system that's artificially intelligent in a way that it can drive anywhere. And I talked to some owners. The one guy said, um, everywhere he goes, he puts the destination in and he has the self-driving active. And he said his teenage daughter, who's just learning to drive, uh, had to drive him somewhere, doctor's appointment or something. And he said, you can drive me in the Tesla, but I want you to put this full self-driving on so that while you're operating the car, the car is also monitoring. And it's just, he says, I feel much safer if you do that. And I, so I think from a risk and insurance standpoint, as this system gets better and better, you know, the goal is that these cars autonomously driving would be at least 10 times safer than a human driver on average. Yeah. And I think, well, I think and, they're getting there. Yeah. And I think, you know, you and I talked about it briefly. I can't remember what the dollar amount was, but there's, there's a significant investment to upgrade to that self-driving. Right. And so that's yeah. why I there could be a discount. Like you, I wonder if insurance could come in and say, we'll offset that because we know that the risk of loss is going to exponentially drop based on the fact that you now have the self-driving feature of Tesla. Yeah. And I think there'd have to be the data to back that up, but I think that would be amazing because when you buy the car new, you can upgrade for the life of the car for $15,000 to full self-driving. But I talked to one guy, he bought a new Tesla. He paid for that. And several months into ownership, his car was totaled and that upgrade stays with the car not the driver oh so the replacement vehicle he had to buy it again oh wow. uh, that, that's that's a big ouch and uh 
if you subscribe, you pay $200 a month. And I think that's a better way to go. And he said, now he only subscribes. He wouldn't have bought it outright again, having had that loss. But at $200 a month, you know, I'm trying to sell it to my wife, justify it as a safety benefit. I'm out here driving all yep. night, 10, 12 hours a night. I need, you know, I need this other set of eyes to keep me safe on the road. But, um, you know, it's a hard sell right now. She's like, you just want to play with it. It's a toy you love. I'm like, yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's again, you know, again, I, I, these are the types of, I mean, these are the kind, types of conversations that I've been having with some of the insurance industry, which is, you know, if somebody does have those safety features built in, should that be worthy of a lesser premium because the likelihood of a crash is a lot less but yeah the data to support it is where it all comes in you know you got to start yeah maybe you know maybe uber or lyft could subsidize the other they're trying to electrify the fleet and they're trying to promote teslas out there maybe they could subsidize that subscription for drivers that are either renting a tesla or own a tesla and that are operating on their platform that makes sense you know maybe you just get an extra percentage per trip yeah, that help outside it. That makes a lot of sense, actually. All right, so listen, I have questions that I always ask people that may have interesting stories, and I think you're going to have interesting stories. So you've got to tell me. You can leave the. That's, we lost it. All right. So the last question that I have, and anybody that I think is interesting, which I think a lot of people are interesting, but I think you're going to have an interesting answer here. So give me a funny story. You can leave the names of the innocent. Out. Said, <laughs> I, need, I need your funniest story. Oh gosh. Going through the Rolodex. I could see it. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. It's hard because funny is hard. Uh, all right. So one of the videos on my channel, and this is one, it doesn't have a huge number of views on it. It takes a little bit of patience to watch through, but it's vastly entertaining to me. I think this guy, uh, I picked up these two guys late night at a bar and one of them was a uh like a russian mma fighter and it was his birthday and he had been drinking and the guy that was with him at first i thought was his friend it turns out that it was just the guy in the motel room next to his that agreed to go out drinking with him because he's like hey it's my birthday you know <laughs> so this guy didn't really know him from adam and they get in the car and this guy, he, um, apparently someone at the bar had slipped him some kind of drug, which he later confessed he thought was supposed to make him horny. And instead it was making him like super paranoid and emotional It's like all these mood swings and whatever. And, and he was starving. We, so we, we went through the drive-through in Wendy's and as we're driving, as we're going through the drive-through, this guy's antics were so hilarious and it's a little hard to follow his accent and everything else, but there's so many one-liners in this video of him you know one of my favorite lines you know he kept saying about his enemies he thought his enemies were following us or whatever we're in the drive-thru and he says he says i think that's my enemies over there and then he says oh that's not my enemies <laughs> he says he says that's not my enemy that's a lamborghini all my enemies drive maseratis <laughs> you know it was just like these motorcycle guys are like revving their engines at the drive-thru and he starts getting freaked out and his friend said he had ptsd or something or whatever but he starts getting freaked out and he's trying to like climb out the window he's screaming at these guys like he's gonna fight them you know because they're revving their motors and uh then he's like flirting with the girl his order at wendy's is hysterical because he's just he's like ranting about how he doesn't want any pork he's a good muslim and he doesn't want pork you know or whatever so there's just so many little funny things but you get amazing people from all walks yeah and um 
I have a blast interacting with people doing doing crazy you know contests you know I've got some people that try this one chip challenge or whatever try this hot food challenge and I some of them are on the car wash oh, some of them are hilarious the reactions you know but karaoke my one of my favorites one of the earliest videos on my channel there's a guy I pick him up late night on a college campus and he's like a 30 something guy I'll send you this clip but he's uh big burly hairy guy and he gets in the front seat with me with me and and i never know who's going to be into karaoke so i mentioned the karaoke and he's all about it <laughs> and he starts singing and he's doing this high falsetto version of barbie girl and then he starts switching voices between the guy and the girl or whatever it is hysterical it is so good <laughs> and just stuff like that just cracks me up you know i just have so much fun with it that's awesome. I love it. Well, listen, Mark, thank you for coming on the podcast. We are, uh, I'll be out in Cleveland again. So I'll be, uh, I'll be giving you a ring. Um, All right. Hopefully we'll get on some of your clips. That'll be fun. <laughs> and for everybody listening, riding with Mark with a C, not a K, riding with Mark on YouTube. Check them out. If you're in Cleveland, you got to call them. You will love the ride. And um, I'm going to be in touch, Mark. We'll go, we'll go find a way All to right. fill this gap. Thanks for doing what awesome. you do. Awesome. People can find anything about me on ridingwithmark.com. There you go. All right. Be well, my friend. I will see you soon. Big shot. And drive safe. All right. Thank see you. you. Bye-bye now. Bye. I hope you enjoyed our show today. Remember, when it comes to creativity and innovation, I always like to quote one of my favorite lines out of the movie Tommy Boy. If you ain't growing, you're dying. There ain't no third direction. My name's Scott Grandis. I'll see you on the next show. Peace.